Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. It was awesome interviewing my next guest. We went back and forth a little bit and and I had a great time. Now, if you've ever seen a clever ad for Ben and Jerry's or, or a cool Peloton commercial, you might already be familiar with my next guest, Jason Harris. He's the CEO of the advertising agency Mechanism, and that's with a K. And he has a new book called The Soulful Art of Persuasion, which we get into and it's a good one, so go get it. Now, in there, he talks about the secrets that his work has taught him about influence, and we're excited to share some of those with you now. Let's go. Welcome back to Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Almada, and I've got Jason Harris with me. Jason, you've got a lightning bolt behind your back. What is that about? Uh, well, first of all, I love lightning bolts. I have a lightning bolt tattoo on my arm here. Nice. Uh, I have on my book, there's a lightning bolt. Uh, and it really comes from part of my philosophy that's in the book, but it's, um, you know, it's from the famous David Bowie photo where he's got it painted. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. And, uh, ever since then I've, I've, it's always meant lightning bolts to me signify, you know, letting your freak flag fly and being your true original self. And so that's why uh, I love lightning bolts. That's cool, man. No, all right. So yeah. for those of you listening in, Jason picked up it was at your left arm there on the bicep. You've got these four, are the symbols from my book. Yeah, there you go. Four you knew that already. Dude, four symbols from your book. And you brought David Bowie up too in the books. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. Sure. Let's talk about that, man. Original, generous, and empathetic, and soulful. Those are the those are the icons you've got there. Uh, the lightning bolt that you said is is for originality or original. So tell me yeah. about that because it takes a lot for for somebody to tattoo something like that on themselves, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, oh, I even have a lightning bolt scarf on. Oh, too. I don't know. Oh, how we we right. went right past that. I don't know yeah. how I missed that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, original sort of the basis of uh, what's in the book and my philosophy. It's like the it's like the ground floor to yeah. everything, mm-hmm. and it's really original means to me uh, be be yourself. Everyone else is already taken, and it's really understanding your values and your purpose and who you are and your role models and and really. The, the story is, goes like this is why I love David Bowie is I always, you know, growing up like you, I was really into comics and entertainment and music and David Bowie to me just, uh, you know, he's, he was like an alien from outer space and just, I love, I love his music, love his whole vibe, you know, his whole leaning into his androgyny and, um, the story David Bowie, as I looked into it, was, you know, he started out in music and he was David Jones before he was David Bowie. And he got a record deal and they 
what was popular at the time when he started out was Bob Dylan, like folk music. And so he put out two folk albums that nobody bought. <laughs> and, and it wasn't the music he wanted to do. Uh, and, he, and he realized that by, by just trying to make it and do what other people wanted him to do, he was failing. So he resigned from the label, started an experimental arts lab, lived in a monastery for a month, just really fat, explored who he was and what, it, what kind of music he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Then he came back and, um, you know, Ziggy Stardust fell from space and he just started creating all these different characters and really explored who he was and his music. And um, he really, I think, made it comfortable for people to, to totally be themselves because he didn't care what other people thought. But he had to learn that lesson by playing it the way other people wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And when he played it his way, he became... One, you know, one of the best-selling artists and, you know, famous and his career took off. And so that always reminds me, David Bowie reminds me and the lightning bolt to always be true to yourself and follow your instincts and your gut and don't listen to what the world's telling you to do. Dude, that's, that's awesome. Do you think though with that, by the way, for those listening in, the book starts the same way, right? Brings in, you bring in, yeah. David Bowie. I love that. But here's a question for you with what you said. Do you think that everyone, and this is like a everyone generalized one, goes through that process where when they're looking for themselves, they try to emulate either others or please people? Is that something or a process that everyone goes through? I think it is. Yeah, I think I think everyone goes through that. A lot of it is age as well. You mm-hmm. know, um, Tristan, you and I were probably in, in similar age bracket, but it gets easier with time. Because you really get to, you know, it takes, takes time. Relationships take time. Relationships with yourself take time. And as you go through the, 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 the years and decades, you really understand yourself a lot better. And so, yeah, yeah, of course it gets easier with time, but you can also, you know, start on it younger. You know, you, you don't have to wait. And, 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 and I always think about it as like, and this took me a while to learn, you know, obviously, but you can either let life sort of pinball you around and you end up where you end up. And then that becomes your story or, you know, what your story, you figure out what you want your story to be. And you have a much better chance of writing it that way. When you start with the ending versus just like moving through and one thing leads to this thing leads to that thing, which I think people tend to do based on inexperience or just based on not spending the time and energy to think about their own personal story and where they wanted to go. I like that, dude, because we asked, we asked Jim quick uh, a few weeks ago. We're like, Hey man, why do you think burnout happens? And he's like, well, that's because people aren't focusing on their passion enough. He's like, I'm not saying don't do what you need to do, but a lot of that focus needs to be. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Like people just don't, know what it is that they love and they end up doing things that they hate. Right. They do. Yeah. They end up, they end up going where they end up versus trying to really figure out what makes them tick and what they want to, what, what it sparks to them. And I think anything, you know, try not to let your, your parents or your teachers or 
your current boss, determine your fate. You know, you have to really take it into your own hands, which is certainly easier said than done. But there's there's ways to do it. And, I, and that's part of being original, which I talk about in the book. Um, really learning what your interests are, writing down your values, really thinking about role models and why they appeal to you, why why you love comic books, why you love Star Wars. Yeah. Not just because you love it because it's entertaining. What are the values in Star Wars that speak to you as a person? And, and craft those stories and hold on to those stories and you'll really start to know more of what you want to do and who you really are. Um, it, it's sort of taking that next, the second or third step into things that you like and really digging into them and figuring out why, uh, you know, that book you love touched you, you know, mm. what did it mean to you? Not just like, oh, it's a great book, but why? And part of being original is learning to be a good storyteller where you can make your points of view that comes into persuasion, but where you can make your points of view when you're trying to influence or persuade someone or talk to someone because you have these stories built up and you have these allegories and you try to store them and, and you write them down. And that's part of the whole process of not just letting things happen to you, but, but taking that second or third step, which I'm sure you do a lot. I'm sure before you started this podcast and what you what you know now is like night and day, right? Dude, we were just talking yeah. about that with the producers. We're like, oh, hey. were you really? Like, dude, we learn a lot, right? TC's like, hell yeah. So, that's yeah, funny. and I learned a lot in the process of writing the book because um, I did have these values and the, the, these principles, but it really made me put them all on paper and spell them out and give people ways to go about them versus me just kind of having them in a journal or in my head. Uh, I learned a tremendous amount and it was a great exercise for me. Well, dude, I, I believe it. And look, for those of you listening in wondering what the book is, I mentioned it in the intro, but the book here is, it's got four sections. It's called the, the soulful art of persuasion, the 11 habits that will make anyone a master influencer. And Jason, you go over original, generous, empathetic, and soulful, the exact uh, symbols on your bicep, which I love, yeah. but you'll never forget those. I mean, do you ever start presentations with like, everyone, uh, welcome to the gun show? Yeah, then, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and then no, you but, show your bicep. No, but I should. It's more from, it's more like it's on the inside for me as like a reminder if I'm, if I feel like I'm losing that generous spirit or I'm not putting myself mm -hmm. in someone else's shoes. It's really a reminder for me to always try to live uh, what I, you know, live up to what I talk about and what I believe in. Jason, why do you think most people get stuck at the very beginning of this, which is they never break out of that, that copy of who they didn't end up becoming, right? They, they just get stuck. Why, why is the majority of our population there? I have fear. I think fears, fears of fear and anxiety are really strong. And we get, we get pressure from all these outside influences. And I think those are, that's hard. You know, few people can really find their passion, pinpoint it and, and go after it. It takes, it takes a, a lot of wherewithal. And I think people get stuck because they, um, some people 
kind of never figure out. They try a lot of different things, but they never figure out something that'll stick. Mm-hmm. Or they they know I want you know I want to go into music. I wanted something around music, but it won't pay money, so I'll do this other thing. Versus trying to find hey, that's an interesting I like industry I like. Maybe I'm not the world's best bass player or guitarist, but there's something around music that I could turn into a career. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's producing. Maybe it's uh, I don't know soundtracks for movies. Maybe it's um, who knows DJing. Maybe it's uh, working on uh, you know uh, uh, I don't know uh, finding new talent. Who knows? But trying to really find your passion, and you might not you know it doesn't mean if you're a mediocre guitar player you're gonna make it big. But it means I'm into music, so I'm gonna find my life works some somehow related to that area of, of passion points for me, you know, Dude. but I, I, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, people, I think it's, it's fear and anxiety or they don't turn it upside down and look at it from all angles. It's true, man. Oh, there's yeah. a, there's a line in your book and it says, and I, I, this is one of my favorite lines. There's a few of them, but this is one of my favorite ones. Developing character is the key. And, and that's just very apparent through the whole book. Can you explain what you're talking about by developing character? What does that look like when we're trying to develop it? Well, a lot of the, this book is, you know, we, in order to be more influential, you know, we really do leave, live in this age of, of distrust, um, and the thing that matters most is who you are and your character. That's going to be the most powerful way to get what you want out of life and to be more influential. And it's good for in your personal life and in your business life. But character is really about um, having a set of principles that you follow that make people trust you because you have, you have these characteristics and you have these, these personal Characteristics. I laid out mine. I mean, I believe in generosity, empathy, soulfulness, and, and originality, and I try to live and embody those values. And uh, you know, hopefully, people can take these and and pick some of them, and maybe they'll have some some of their own values as well. But that builds character over time. It builds trust. It builds relationships. And it's really for you to have a path that you can follow, and because you're you're thinking about. This is what I want to, this is me at my best self. I'm trying to live up to my best self. And this is what is best for me. You know, I love that you're not comparing yourself to others. You're just comparing yourself to what you possibly can become, right? Yeah. And we're never all our best selves. You know, I write this book and I, I tell a lot of failures in the book, a lot of setbacks in the book, but we have to have some, uh, something we're shooting for, some way we show up with our best characteristics and to be the best we can be. And some days you don't hit it, but you, you try to make it most of the days you do. I love that, man. So tell me about the principle number two, which is generous, right? Yeah. You go into give yourself away the pull of positivity and just a little respect. Can you dive into that? And, and if you can, why is a symbol like a diamond with like a bracket around it. Why, why is that? This thing, because yeah. it's, it's trying to symbolize um, 
like you're in the center and you're giving things, you know, you're pushing out to other people. It's supposed to be this idea of, of, of being, having a generous spirit. And so, you know, a big turning point for me was I used to, when I started, this is my second company that I started. I, I run an advertising agency and the first company I started, I did it all by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any partners. This in this business, I have partners, and I, I was very selfish. I was a selfish entrepreneur. I kept uh, my contacts close to my vest. I didn't. Sh- I didn't connect people with my with my contacts. I didn't try to make connections. I was very like closed off, and I thought that was the way you are successful. You know, you you, you keep it close to the vest. I burned out on that job doing it all by myself after about like 15 months and almost had a complete nervous breakdown because I was living in this way that I thought, I thought you, that's how you run a successful business. Yeah. And then I realized I need partners. I need to collaborate with other people and I have to start being a generous person because you get what you give. And when I started this idea of like giving something away at every interaction, it it was, you know, making time for people that wanted mentoring or advice or connections or, or time. And, uh, I started living that philosophy and it totally changed the game. I mean, this, this business is a thousand times more successful. I have people I can rely on, not trying to do it all myself. And I really do. I don't always hit it, but I really do try to, have a generosity of spirit because you don't know how or when, but that generosity pays back in compound interest down the road. You know, people recommend you and it's all about that, having that characteristic, but this is something I had to learn. You know, some of these principles might come natural to you. You, you know, you might be Tristan, an empathetic person. That's how you were born. Um, I was not born as a generous person. I had to learn that skill. I had to become a habit over time. Um, How did you develop that habit? Because I find that, you know, your, your third principle, the empathetic, when when you say it's not me, it's us. I find that when, when I talk to different executives at different levels, some of, some of them have that down. They're very inclusive, right? They're like us. And some of them are still going with, Oh, me, 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 me. Yeah. How did you discover that and how, how can we get there faster? The, this, I, this empathetic principle, yeah, it's about – it's really understanding that, you know, it's, to me it starts with this base idea. And the base idea, which I talk about all the time, is that we, you know, in this country we're so polarized and we're in our social media echo chambers – you know, getting the same information that we believe in and reinforcing all of our ideas. But it's but being empathetic starts with this principle that all of us are, we share 99.9% of the same DNA. You know, we are that similar as people on this planet. And we tend to naturally want to, sh- want to split out our differences and show how we're not all the same. But when you start with that, like, headspace it really helps you understand that, you know, you can respect other people and you can uh, understand their point of view if you just take another look at it and you don't just assume they're an idiot because they believe this. You want to know why do they believe that? You know, like 
this is a story I tell all the time. Like whatever you think about immigration as an example, um, whether you're for DACA, not for it, whatever, whatever you think about it. Um, you know, a friend of mine was like, I, you know, I want to send every immigrant back, you know, to where they came from. Like, this is our country. This is, this is why, um, we're, we're here and, and the government should support anyone. And whatever you think about that doesn't really matter. The point is I didn't necessarily agree with his, uh, point of view, but I, then I found out by thinking, by being empathetic and developing this natural curiosity, mm-hmm. I wanted to know why, instead of just shouting and arguing, I wanted to know why I wanted to listen and I wanted to learn why he had that belief and what was behind it. And then I found out that uh, he, his father, you know, they lived in a, in a rural farm area when they were growing up. And oftentimes his dad would get, uh, lose, lose his job and they'd be sleeping in, his, in their car. And then they'd drive to another town to try to, try to get work. And it was, he was being undercut by immigrants that would do the work for, uh, much, for, for much less money. And so he brought up, he, he was raised in this way where it was actually a, a personal thing of him seeing his father get, passed over for jobs because he needed a certain amount of money to support his family. And that stuck with him. And so just, just taking that step instead of arguing at the superficial level allows you to go, well, that makes sense. You know, I understand why he would feel that way. And I can see his point of view because that's the, the, the view he's coming with. And that's, that's a, uh, that's just one example. But when you start with that base of how common, what common ground we share as humans, it allows you to think, to open up your perspective and think that way. And then that, you know, that translates to work where it does become a we versus me because yeah. you realize we're, we're all in it together and collapse. You can't get any, you can't go anywhere without other people. It's the same thing. Now I have partners and we share the work and we share the successes and we share the fa- failures. And that's way more valuable to me than, than trying to do it all yourself. That that makes a lot of sense because I think I think naturally a lot of us tend to want to protect our own interests, right? And in the one of the interviews that we did with uh TD Jakes, you know, Bishop TD Jakes, he says mm-hmm. he said, We've got to break it down to the most basic thing. We have to approach everything with humility. And that's tough, man. That is tough to do. I don't care who it is because we're putting our own bias into play, right? Like you just mentioned, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how, how can we break it down? You said curiosity is the key here. How can we break it down so that we actually, we actually begin to care about people so that we're, we're okay listening to their opinion and not being like, oh, that person's wrong. We, we we definitely need a mask on or mask off because you know that's controlling everything. <laughs> oh um, my god, that's so that's such a good example yeah. of like where where we are in this world. You know, vaccine not unvaccinated. Like it really draws a line in the sand. How do we how do we become better at that? I just remember. Yeah, once, yeah. I love that you, question. Yeah. So, I mean, one is just mindset of 
always try to see commonalities and not differences. That's like number one. That's step one uh, as much as you can. The second is uh, make it about them, develop a curiosity about others and try to listen more than you judge. Now, I don't always do this. I know you don't always do this. I know people, you know, it, it, it does take humility to realize this is, this is hard. You have to practice it. But if you do listen and, and, and are curious first before you judge, those are two, those are two like starting frameworks, you know, commonality, see commonalities, not differences, try to listen more than you judge. And then this, the, the third one about really understanding being an empathetic person is trying to find value in joining forces with a diverse set of people and really try to try to see the value that that can bring when people have different ex- expertise or areas of background or philosophies and that that can that can net a lot of good results if you seek out collaborations from uh, not just people that look the same as you talk the same as you and think the same as you do that. That's a really good one. I love that one because um, I don't know if you know the four agreements and then the fifth agreement. Well, the fifth agreement is exactly what you just said, which is, you know, be skeptical, but listen, right? Yeah. Listen, just take a step back. You don't have to agree with them, but just listen. Yeah. I love that, dude. All right. Let's get into soulful. That's your fourth principle. When and do it, I get asked you some questions? Dude, hit them up in between, <laughs> man. Hit them up in between. All right. I want to know because, I, I, I mean, I'm on your podcast, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to hijack it. I want to know a little bit about the the fascination. I want to I know the fascination with Star Wars because that's Yo. the first thing you told me. Which, which to me, I love as, as part of this idea of, of uh, being original is, is being vulnerable and showing people your idiosyncrasies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which you have all over your wall, like the things, you're in, <laughs> the things you're into. Uh, and I want to know, I want to know what, why that, like, I don't know. I want to hear the story of, of like how that grabbed you. I mean, yeah, I was just, yes, go ahead. It was, I was a kid and I I always gravitated to, and like we all do, right? Like comic books. I I think it's the hero story, right? And knowing that I always felt like anyone can be a hero, regardless of who you are. And it just, the key to it was, and I learned this later on through, through Disney movies. I love those too. uh, Is that you could just be a normal person, which goes back to your original. You just have to embrace that you you can make a difference no matter how small or how big and to me you know filling up my room with star wars and marvel comics and it's just a constant reminder that hey look somebody out there's listening in and you're making a difference so you always have to have as a duty the fact that you're leading in your best self and that that's really the basics of it i love that and that is really, I think that's awesome. And I think this, this, this Star Wars, you know, just the philosophy of good versus evil and doing the right thing, I think it's so powerful. Have you watched, uh, do you watch a lot of Disney Plus stuff? I do, man. All right, tell me, what are you watching now? Oh, we just finished Loki. I mean, that was, well, without ruining anything, that was pretty insanely good. Yeah. 
Right, what about the, did you watch the Winter Soldier? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Winter Soldier. Cat- yep. Yep. I saw that. That was good. How about you? Uh, I just started watching that. It's really good. That was good. It was very. Really, but to me, the Mandalorian was like next level. I don't Wasn't know it? why. I don't know why. Because me too, I, man. I think that that is continuing kind of what you're talking about, where it's it's a story of a bounty hunter, right? Yeah. And who who does does the right, you know, doesn't have to do the right thing, but ends up doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, to me, it shows the natural goodness in people, you know, that, that hero's journey idea. And I don't know, it just was very powerful. I thought, I think that's uh, what it is. Incredibly well done. I think, I think both you and I uh, love and gravitate to this because we realize that, you know, we're, we're all human and we come up with a choice every now and then to make a decision. And those decisions can really impact who we become. Right. And that's why I love the Mandalorian. It's like, okay, <laughs> he's got this little weird creature. What's he going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can go that route, which everybody thinks like, no, oh, let's go this route or he can go the, the harder route. Yeah. And then develop who he becomes. And I think, we're all faced with that more often than we think. Right. I, I totally agree. Also when, you know, when you do um, make the wrong choice, no, <laughs> you yeah. know, when you, when you do that, cause we all do that. Right. All I, mean, the time. I, th- I think, I think the things we're talking about are uh, we're always striving to be the best version of ourselves we can be, but we don't, it's impossible that you hit that all the time. Right. And when you make that, bad Mandalorian choice, <laughs> you know, I think the, the pain you, how it sits with you, you know, you, you go against, uh, you know, I love, I'm, I'm really into like, uh, wolves. And I think wolves like stand for following your gut instinct. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're about like, you know, being in a pack, following your gut instinct. There's, there's a lot of like symbolism in, in the wolf, but mm-hmm. I think what happens is when when we don't follow our gut instinct and we make that bad Mandalorian choice, Mm -hmm. the way it sticks with you over time is so damaging and, and it, you know, painful for you because you know, you're like, I know I did the wrong thing with that. You know, I know I, I didn't listen to that. I didn't small things. I didn't listen to that person in this meeting. I didn't pay respect to that person. You know, I didn't, I, did, I didn't uh, collaborate properly. I, I kind of took the credit, whatever it might be. Yeah. Those decisions really stick with you for a long time, I think. Yeah, how do you, and how do you learn to make better decisions? Is it really like having that bad decision sit in there and be like, I'm not doing that again? Or- I, think, I think so. I think we're in a constant like um, battle of, of following our best version of ourselves, which I do, I do think comes through instinctually but but it's like a really muffled voice you know what i mean it's easy to like shout over that voice that tiny voice Mm. but it's it's always in there and i think that's why when you make uh, a mistake it sits with you because you know you you knew when you were doing it you're like i probably shouldn't do this that's so true then it sticks with you you know that's so true buddy all right so dude let's let's talk about soulful there all right Soulful. Well, last well, one. hold on first yeah. i had a question you brought up wolves 
Is that your next tattoo? Or do you already have a wolf tattoo? Oh, I just got it, actually. Ah, I knew I someone was up with that. Right. Oh, <laughs> my right. God. How did you call that? Dude, I don't Tr- know. Tristan, like, you're a mind reader. I love this. Like, That's amazing. For those That's of you a- listening in, Jason's got an awesome tattoo on his right upper chest of a wolf here. So Yeah, follow, follow my instincts. Dude, that's nice. amazing. Nice. So soulful, tell me. What does that mean? All right, soulful uh, really is – I think there, there's two aspects to it. One is this idea of skill hunting, which is uh, another thing that I, tr- I try to practice. But it's this idea – you know, I don't know if you do this um, – but I, I didn't always do this, but I, I have for the past sort of probably five or 10 years, always trying to learn new skills and develop new passions. And so I do it in sort of like two year increments. So I picked up boxing. It's not to become like 10,000 hours and be an expert at it because you have the things you're skilled at already. This is always that idea of, of, of learning and being the Jedi in training, always trying to come up with new things to experience, to learn, whether that's like, you know, I'll do like photography for a short mm-hmm. bit. I'll do boxing right now. I'm sort of trying to, trying to really learn chess. Uh, I did, I did some, I never cook. I did cook. I learned how to like cook over the pandemic. It's always adding a, a new set of skills um, to your arsenal. Cause it, it, it keeps you sharp. And there's those things in your life that you always wanted to explore that you realize if you don't start exploring them now, you're never going to. And it's not because I want to become a photographer for a living or I want to, you know, be like some chess champion. It's just the ability of training yourself. It takes a lot of soul to go through something that you suck at and come out the other side. Because whenever you start a new endeavor, you're horrible at it. You suck at it. You don't know how to you know, make the lens right. When you take a picture, you don't know what all the different symbols mean on the camera. And so you're going to go through a period where you suck. I, you know, I got killed the chest for, you, you know, months because uh, I was terrible. I couldn't think more than like a move ahead. And it's the ability to train yourself to go through that suck period to get to the other side that I think is a value, a value there. And then the second part of soulfulness is trying to strive to be inspirational because when we're more inspirational, we're more influential and we have more impact. And I'm sure you do this all the time, Tristan. And that's why, you know, the, 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 you know, one, well, I'm sure one reason why you wanted to do brilliant thoughts, right? Yeah. Um, Number one. And, and that, that's it. And so by giving back and by striving to be inspirational, you become more influential. And so it's really kind of like a boomerang effect. You're giving, but you're getting a lot back in return. And that to me is, is the soulful piece. And so that came to me when I started using my advertising skills and applying that to doing social good work, you know, for nonprofits for free to use the same skills that I would get paid for by well-known clients, but to do that in a social good way to make the world a better place, the way that made me feel and the way it lit me up and the way it inspired the company and the employees, that really grabbed a hold of me. And I realized, you know, anyone with any skill can do this. They can apply their skill and give back to their community 
it doesn't have to be something massive, but you can always be doing something for other people and that'll make you a more influential person and, and more of an inspiration. Dude, I, I love that. So there, there are a couple of questions I have about that, about uh, soulful. Okay. And that's when you're picking up a new skill, how is it that you outline, hey, I'm going to take on this skill and actually execute on it? Because I think a lot of people can fall in between thinking about it and wanting to do it, right? Yeah. How do you go ahead and execute it and follow through for a year or two years? So you pick, um, you pick one thing. You don't try to throw learning to play guitar and chess and sewing or knitting or whatever it might be, whatever the thing is you want to do. You don't throw it all together so that it doesn't get muddled and you feel like you're not accomplishing the 10 things on your list. You just pick one thing and you're like, all right, for the next term, six months, a year, two years, I'm going to just focus on this one skill Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it X amount of times a week. And it's going to be additive over time. I'll get better at it. And I may never be amazing at it. I probably won't be, but I'll know a lot more about it. You know, maybe I'll know. And so I think that's the way you do it is you look at it as, as two year increments. And then that's the extra thing you're doing. You know, you're not, you're not trying to boil the ocean. Just trying to do that one other skill. And then when you have that down, that's sort of in your canon and then you can move on to something else, but you do it, you do it one at a time. You know, I love that. So there's a book out there. It's called range by David Epstein. Oh yeah. He, he talks about how actually, cause what we're taught is like specialist is the way, but he actually reverses it and says, Hey, did you know generalist actually triumph over specialist? And so what you're saying right now is, is along the same lines. It's like, Hey, why don't you learn a little bit of everything? Because you're going to be learning something you learned over here in chess to apply to your business, something you learned in playing the guitar. Yeah. And I thought that's exactly what I thought of, dude. So that's, that's awesome. a, I didn't know that. And he's proven that out that generalists succeed. Yeah. He, he brings up, um, he brings up Federer. He brings up uh, LeBron James. He brings up a lot of people. Good book. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'll definitely get that. Um, yeah. But I, I, because to me, the the skill hunting, I still want to encourage everyone to you know find the thing that they're going to do all the time, like their their passion point. What are they going to spend the majority of their waking hours on, and do that thing? This is more additive. It's 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 uh, making sure you you're constantly learning and pushing yourself. Um, that that's what this is really about. Dude, I love that. So I'll tell you something I picked up since we're sharing here. I picked up um, the Nintendo Switch, but I picked up the game Splatoon. And it's uh, the controller, because I grew up with controllers back in the day with the Nintendo controller. Well, the controller was like square ones. Yeah, the little square ones, right? Well, this one... You actually have to move the controller up and down because it dictates where you move up and you have to press the buttons. It's so freaking confusing, but I'm determined to play it well so that I can. Those are those little tiny ones, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. And they have like the wrist strap on it. 
It's too yeah. much. It's too much. But I can't figure that out. I'm barely catching on, man. Well, there you go. That's that's mine for the next six and months. And you're going to stick with it, right? I'm going to stick with it. I know. Let's that's, see a, that, that's awesome. I love let's that. Let's see how that goes. All right. Question for you when it comes to partnerships. You mentioned earlier on, you said you had your first company and now you have this awesome creative agency. By the way, it's for everybody listening in, it's called Mechanism with a K. And now you have partners here. So how is how do you make that work? Because you said this is way better. Like this is the way to go. Tell me yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, how I make the partnership work. Yeah. How or, is that? Yeah. Why, why is it better with yeah. partners? And how yeah. do you make that work? So, and, you know, we've been partners for... 15 years and we're still, we're still going strong. Wow. Yeah. We're like, um, I'm trying to think of a band that never broke up. A Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. There you go. And the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's really, I think when you're thinking about partnership, making sure you find people you get along with personally, Mm -hmm. it's really important. And then you all have you have different skill sets. You don't want to have overlapping skill sets because that can sometimes be or, or too many overlapping skill sets. You want to have different areas of knowledge. Um, I think that makes for the best partnerships. But I think just the idea of um, thinking things through and having someone to collaborate with and that we mentality has just been a game changer. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, I, I don't know how, how we make it work is, um, you know, we do have a philosophy of whatever's best for Mechanism Inc. overrides everything else. That, that overrides the egos. That overrides the personal uh, opinions. It has to be, you have to put the, the entity that you're developing together above the individuals. And that's... How do you... Yeah. How do you determine what's best for mechanism though, for your company? How is that determined? You know, I think it's a, that's a good question because every situation would be different, but I think, you know, we, we think about our employees well-being, what they're going to get out of whatever the work is that we're doing. Um, So we put our employees, you know, first front and center, and then we put our, think about our clients and will it benefit them and, you know, really, I think it's just mapping out where you want to, just like we talked about your personal story and mapping out that story where you want it to go. You do that for the company and then you sort of make decisions based on where you want to end up. Dude. All right. I, I like make it. it sound so simple, but it's, well, it's, dude, it's a real he, pain in the ass. Dude, you know? <laughs> Everybody and knows. That, yeah. yeah. You're, you're highlighting the, the good things, which is good because in partnerships and in marriages, relationships of course there's going to be hard times right but i think i love that you're saying that it's actually a strength to to work together and and i'm going to read between the lines and and just from your book too i think you find that individuals coming together you find those strengths and their originality as long as it stands out and it's slightly like you said slightly different than your strengths i think that makes you even stronger but Absolutely. We have to we have to be empathetic enough to, like you said, to be able to just shut up and listen and be like, okay, let me listen to this person's point of view, right? Absolutely. And that's that's key, man. 
All right. So if people want to get a hold of you to either hire you or just check you out, where do they go to? Um, well, the our company website is mechanism.com. And then you can find me at Jason underscore Harris on the social Instagram, Twitter. And then I have a website, the soulful You can find a little bit more about me. If you're interested in the book, there's some videos and other stuff on there. So yeah, nice. Check it out. Nice. All right. Last question for you. Since we're going back and back and forth between backgrounds, what do the arrows on your left uh, mean? Why, why are there a whole bunch of arrows there? There's really no symbol there except uh, I just I just love them. You love arrows? Are those all the arrows you shot at your enemies and then picked it back up? No, they're <laughs> just uh, – I don't know. I just love the way they look. They actually I, look really I, nice, dude. Have you ever done like archery at all? I, I have when I was a kid and I loved it. It's just so fun. I just always like loved, I don't know. I like Hawkeye. I love dude, arrows, I love you know? I just love arrows. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was going around like pretending I was shooting at things. Like I was like, oh, oh really? That's awesome. Best, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a, what's Lab Code Agents? Lab that was my agents. question is another company that I have and we're the largest online community for real estate agents in the world. You're kidding me. Yeah. So it's just an online community. I started, like you said, in your four principles, generosity, we gave and gave and gave. And then way later I turned around and started charging. And, um, well, that's, that's, you know, you you have a business to run too. There you go. dude. And then I'm sure they get a lot of value out of it. Yeah. And are you in, are you in the real estate business? I am, dude. I started as a real estate agent back in 2003, 2004, and I decided to give away everything that I was using to succeed, you know, methods, systems, processes, and realtor.com, you know, like Zillow noticed, and they said, Hey, you want to speak for us around the nation on what you're talking about? I said, hell yes, I do. And, uh, that's what started the journey. So that embodies the gen- generous principle. If you weren't if you weren't generous with this methodology and shared it and you kept it to yourself, that wouldn't have bounced back to you for this other opportunity, right? Dude, I and, honestly I loved your book, bro. It's oh, cool. a lot Thanks. to me. I was like, whoa, this this makes a lot of sense. It's sequential too. It goes from one to four in in the right order. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Dude, thanks for writing that book. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. If you have another book you're going to come out with, just hit us up or anything. All right. I will. All right. Thanks so much. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.